Welcome back to Cedar and Cypress podcast, everyone, or welcome for the first time. If you're new, I'm Allison. I am welcoming back. Liv. Liv is back, everyone. I'm here. It was I a very here. lonely month without Liv, <laughs> but she's back. I am back. Yes, I've been. It's been a crazy, crazy month and a half, two months. How long am I been on? I so, yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's been crazy um, as usual, but yeah, I think Allison kind of mentioned in one of the Advent um, or like the first Advent episode um, that I was just kind of taking some time to work on my thesis and get that established and just enjoy time with my family and stuff. So um, I do have that established now. We're good. That's like the last last thing that I'm working on before graduating in May. So that's really exciting. And I was very glad to just get some time to focus on that specifically. But um, I do want to say that Allison did an incredible job with the Advent series. So if you're listening, Aww. please Thank join you. me in a round of applause. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> they were really good. I loved listening to them over the holidays. So. Yeah. They were really fun. They were really fun to record and to edit. But yeah, not the same. It's not the same without you. So we're very no, I applaud you, you for like being able to monologue like that. Like I don't think I would be able to do that. Yeah. I mean, I'd like trail off or just like start talking about something that has nothing to do with what I'm trying to talk about. Yeah. The secret to that is just writing out everything to make sure. That's I fair. mean, there's some episodes that kind of almost had like a script because I was like, this is how I want to explain something. This is the point I need to make. Yeah. And I won't have anything to bounce off, like no one to bounce the ideas off. So I need to make sure like I get all the ideas right. But yeah, that's good. Yeah. It was still fun. Definitely fun. Um, but yeah, today we are going to be talking about prayer. We're kind of just returning with a casual conversation about prayer in general. This was a a topic that we just thought would be really fun to return with. Uh, before mm-hmm. we jump into all that cool stuff, Liv, what was the best and the worst part of your holiday season? Like your Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's season? Yeah, I think... Um, the best part was definitely just getting to be with my family. Um, I know that sounds like a cliche answer, but my family lives literally all over the place. So, um, for Thanksgiving, I got to be with like my parents and my little sister. They came here from Florida and visited me and my husband. And that was really, really nice. And then for Christmas, my sister and my now brother-in-law, they just got married like two months ago. So that's really exciting. Um, they came to visit us and we spent Christmas with them and with my husband's family. So it was just nice like being around everybody and having like my two kind of families mixed together. Like obviously we had that at our wedding, but I don't think we've had that since then. So it was just nice like having the two sides of our families like come together and like all hang out and we all get along and it's just a good time. So um that definitely was just, you know, filled my heart for sure. (laughs) Like having all of them there at once. So, um, that was definitely the best. The worst I would say is just being sick. (laughs) I feel like so many people have gotten sick over this past month and, um, yeah, I did get sick and so did my husband. So we're still kind of sick. So I will try my best to keep coughs out of this episode, but if you do (laughs) hear it in the background, this is me warning you. So, um, yeah, there was that. Um, my mom also ended up in the hospital on Christmas. Yeah. So, um, she's totally fine. She's good. She's home now. Um, and you know, everything is, is looking good. But if you think of her, um, 
just keep her in her, your prayers. Um, cause obviously that is no fun and, um, they never really figured out quite what was going on, but she's, she's doing good now. So, yeah. um, yeah, definitely that, but what about you? What was your best and worst part? Yeah. So I'll start with worst so we can end on best. Sounds good. I also got really sick. My husband and I both got very sick. The, uh, just a few days before Christmas, it was like the Wednesday before Christmas. Cause Christmas was a Sunday. We had a lot of COVID and flu-like symptoms, but we went to the doctor and she had told us that they tested for all those things and it was it was not COVID or flu or strep. It was just like a really bad virus that was fell very similar to like getting a really bad flu because I've oh, had no. COVID before and it didn't feel quite as bad as COVID, but that's kind of a hard thing to beat. COVID was really awful, which we had last year, but it kind of just felt like a really bad flu. My husband got a pretty bad fever and that made us have to cancel our flight for Christmas to go see my family, which was huge, huge bummer. I was really looking forward to seeing them and it's, it's hard because we live so far away, but everyone was very understanding, you know, and no one, like no one wants someone to fly when they're sick and get other people sick. So, right. Yeah. We were still like I was hoping we might feel better by the flight, but we were still super sick on the day that we were meant to fly out. So, yeah, it was a good call um, canceling that trip. So that was the definitely the worst part of. Oh, hi, Daisy. <laughs> I was going to say, so sorry. My dog is just barking at someone. She just wants to be part. The... She just wants to be part of the recording. It's totally fine. She's probably barking at the mailman or something. She probably. She's that dog. And the best part was probably once we were finally recovered midway between like Christmas, New Year's Eve time, I was able to go to my husband's parents' New Year's Eve party where there was a bunch of people and family and family friends. And that was really fun because I didn't really get a real holiday. So New Year's Eve was kind of like my makeup where there was lots of good food and hanging out with people and just you know getting to have conversations and being out in the world again because – this sickness took us out for like a good eight, nine days. So, and then especially when you know everyone's gathered together and you're alone and it's yeah. boring, oh. it was really fun. So that's like, that was definitely the highlight of the holiday season is like coming back from that and getting yeah. to be around people again and just hang out. So, well, you'll have to like redeem it next year. Like yeah. just like have the most baller Christmas. Exactly. I've never used that word in my life, but I think it's a perfect word for the occasion. Yeah, I couldn't think of anything else. So. <laughs> I uh, I I was telling people when they because when I initially tell people they they feel really bad for me. I'm like, you know, I had 22 great Christmases. I've never had a bad Christmas. I'm 23, and this is the first really bad Christmas I had. It's so is bound to happen. I think that's pretty good for my lifetime. Like having yeah, just one. That's uh, a pretty re- recent memory, at least. <laughs> yeah, that's a nice way to think of it. It's very positive of you. <laughs> It's bound to happen, you know, and like yeah. there's going to be some bad holidays. So no, it's bound to happen. Yes. Well, um, today, like we said before, we're going to be talking about prayer. So I think we wanted to start with just talking about the structure of our prayers <laughs> and um, how that's actually something that's really important. Like, I don't think it's something that people talk about very often, um, but it really does kind of play into um, how we pray and what that means as far as what we learn from our prayers and how our relationship deepens with God through our prayers. And there is a model of prayer in scripture for a reason. So um, did you want to kind of talk about that a little bit more, Allison, and tell us about the structure of prayer? 
Totally. So that was kind of the reason why we wanted to talk about this because I had been studying Nehemiah. It was a book I'd wanted to study for a long time and just hadn't really gotten around to. And I started studying it. And the first chapter, there's a prayer that Nehemiah offers up to God that I was reading and studying. And it totally blew my mind that it's structured the same way that Jesus taught us to pray when he was giving his ministry on earth in Matthew 6, when we read the Lord's Prayer. I'm going to just back up for a second and also say the Lord's Prayer is meant for us to kind of understand the structure of prayer, like what we should be saying during prayer. Like we don't have to always stick to reciting it word by word and not say anything else, but Jesus gives us a model for how we should be praying. So when I was reading Nehemiah and I was breaking apart his prayer and kind of understanding the structure of his prayer, I was like, whoa, this is exactly what G- how Jesus taught us to pray. And because I had never studied it, it just totally blew my mind. I'm like, we have to talk about this. We have to talk about prayer. And studying Nehemiah is what led me back to Matthew, which really just transformed the way that I thought about prayer. I think a lot of times we think of prayer as monologuing at God, kind of just mm-hmm. talking at God, or we don't know what to say. And that's very natural, I think, to just not know what to say when entering a conversation with God. I think we also struggle with at least I do. So I'm, I don't know if I'm just speaking for general Christians, but I think we struggle sometimes to hear from God too. Like feel like it's a one or two way conversation. A lot of times it feels one way. Like we're just talking out into the thin air and we're waiting for some kind of response in our lives. Mm-hmm. And so that's why we really did want to talk about prayer because there is so much more to it than it really seems. Right. Uh, in Nehemiah's prayer, we see that he starts first by praising God and he declares truths about God. So he's kind of remembers all the great things that God has done and just reminds himself of who God is and kind of sets himself in the right position. So he gets his heart in the right mindset, which is the same thing that Jesus tells us to do, like our father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. So that's the Lord's prayer. And then our prayers should kind of move into confessing our sins and our moral failures, which is what Nehemiah does. So he does that for himself, but then also corporately for just the nation of Israel. And he admits, you know, we failed, we've messed up. And Jesus also tells us to do that. So he moves into the uh, forgive us our debts section of the Lord's Prayer. And then third, which is the part I feel like we most often start with, is interceding and requesting things from God. So mm-hmm. we pray mightily and we pray boldly for things and we stand firm in our faith and we ask for things like Nehemiah did. And he requested that God deliver and assist in in amazing ways. And at the end of the Lord's Prayer, Jesus teaches us to pray that God will not lead us in temptation and deliver us from evil. And I feel like a lot of times I start with the last part. Like I go, dear Jesus, please help me with this or I'm struggling mm-hmm. with this. Um, I forget to first get myself in the right place mentally, get my heart right, remind myself who God is, and then go into the request part because it makes your prayer so much stronger. And it feels like you're you're honoring God rather than kind of coming to him like he's a genie and like expecting all these things from him, which when I have those prayers, I don't feel as great kind of walking out of that conversation with God because I feel like I haven't approached him in a, in a fearing and an honoring way. So that just mm-hmm. kind of just blew my mind when I thought about the fact that even in the Old Testament, we can see examples of people praying really mightily and boldly that really mirrors the exact same thing Jesus told us to do. This isn't necessarily something where it's like a checklist. Like you have to be like, right, okay, right. Well, I have to say this first and then I have to say that and then I have to finish with my intercession. Like that's not right. like what we're saying. It's But 
what we are saying is that when you do get into a habit of like praying in this manner where you definitely include praise for God and you include reminding yourself of who he is, you include, you know, confessing your moral failures and repenting of those and asking for his help as you move forward. Um, and then, you know, praying those things that you want to come to him for, for help. Um, it really does change like how you view God and how you view his work in your life, because first you're reminding yourself who he is. So even just, you know, coming to prayer and starting with that, I think already helps us in like what we might be coming to him for in the first place. Like we go to him to pray about something that we're worried about. Right. And then if you start your prayer by remembering and acknowledging the fact that God is sovereign, that he is trustworthy, that he's faithful, that he, you know, will never leave and forsake you. And you're thanking him for those things. You're already like also reminding yourself of those things. And that can really change the way that you view God and also just view prayer in general, I think. Yeah. I think it also changes the way you look at your circumstances. Yeah. And and to add on to that too, it's not wrong to have prayers where you're just crying out to God. You're like, Jesus, I need help. Those aren't wrong. But what Jesus is reminding us and what Nehemiah's prayer also helps us remember is to write ourselves, to understand like who we're talking to Mm -hmm. before we get started talking and to just remind ourselves of how faithful he is and how loving he is so that we're approaching him in a way that is bold, yes, but still honoring and fearing him at the same time. Yeah. I think that's a really important part. At least it has been really enriching for my prayer to acknowledge that and it's also been cool to try to structure my prayers so to try to have like a whole section where i'm just talking to god about who he is like reminding myself the amazing things that he's done and the crazy things that he's done and then going into that area of confession where i'm kind of you know bringing things before him that i need to bring out before i start moving into the things that i really need a help for because not necessarily that'd be wrong to do in the other order but if you're always just coming to him and just asking for things without writing yourself and positioning yourself before him posturing yourself in worship i don't i don't know i i also don't think we get half the amount of out of it as we could if we were to just like ask him for things i don't know yeah i mean it reminds me of the psalmist um in a lot of the the Psalms of Lament, he Mm. will say things, you know, just crying out to God, asking him for help, even asking him like, why, you know, because these are at times where he's like just in utter like turmoil. Um, But usually he always ends or reminds himself throughout to like also trust God. Um, Like it made me think what you were saying about Psalm 42, which I won't read the whole thing because it's kind of long, but like in the last couple verses, for instance, it says like it's kind of the latter end of him crying out to God. And he says, uh, my bones suffer mortal agony as my foes taunt me, saying to me all the day long, where is your God? Um, but then he ends the psalm by saying, why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. So Um, Like in this prayer, for instance, like he's not necessarily starting with that. He's not like starting with the fact that like he's going to praise God because he's his savior and because he's his God. But he does end with that, you know, like after praying all these things and really crying out to God and really expressing the with honesty, like where he's at, he ends with saying, 
but why am I downcast? Like, why is my soul disturbed within me? Like, I must put my hope in God because he's my savior. He's my God. And I will praise him for that. You know, I will say like, it doesn't really matter like the order. I think that you include those things. I think it's just important to like, remember that prayer is not all about just asking God for something. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And also with your, with your prayer life, if you're, if you want to, or if you journal, it can be fun to kind of like jump around play with that like jump around and kind of see how that helps you relate to god a little bit and conversate with him better because i find that helps really for me because again like we don't want it to become this legalistic like i just recite the lord's prayer every single day and then i'm done like wash my hands of it and i'm gonna move on and do what i want with my day but it's about having jesus be a part of your all like all the time you're conversating with god you're having this dialogue with him throughout your day and it can be as simple as just being like jesus i need help with this or please help me be patient or help me slow down or or something like that is totally fine and i think that means that it means praying continuously not that you just sit down only once per day and connect with god for two minutes and then you're over and done with but god god doesn't want that he doesn't want just like a slice of your day he wants to be with you all throughout it. and he is with you but it's kind of more if you acknowledge him with that mm-hmm. by praying and by engaging with him and i think that's really a big reason why apostle paul tells us to to pray without ceasing well he says that in first thessalonians 5 and verse 17 or verse 16 he says rejoice always pray without ceasing give thanks in all circumstances for this is the will of god in christ jesus for you and i think this is really him trying to say like engage god and on a frequent basis bring him into all those different parts of your life and while he doesn't quite literally mean you can never ever stop praying or do something else ever that's not what he means but he's trying to say your daily life should be characterized by communion with god and every moment everything you do should be laid before god so paul means to show us that our daily activities they can be dedicated to the lord they should be but also that he's accessible all the time god's not only accessible when you sit down to read your bible mm-hmm. but he's accessible no matter where you are no matter what you're doing or who you with he's with you the holy spirit is with you and this comes back to what we've talked about many times is god's omnipresence that he's always present which we've discussed in our very first episode cuz paul goes on to say that very next verse in verse 19 he says do not quench the spirit so in your daily activities, don't do things that are going to kind of put this wall between you and the spirit or push him out of your life. Do things that are going to bring him in, such as prayer. Prayer is one of those. There's a lot of other ways to do that, but prayer is a really big part of engaging God and communing with God on a daily basis, which makes you feel like you have more of a relationship with him because it's hard to have a relationship with someone you never talk to or never engage with, right? Like when people move away or you don't get to talk to them as much, your relationship changes. So it's not like you're not going to feel very connected with God if you're never dialoguing with him, you know, it kind of just makes sense that way. Yeah. I think like, it's definitely one of the ways that you can invite God in. And I think like praying without ceasing can include other things. Like for instance, if you're just like on the road going somewhere, maybe put on a worship song instead of something else, you know, or put on a podcast that's going to make you think about Jesus, like Seer and Cypress podcast. (laughs) Um, Shout out for our own podcast. (laughs) Just just promoting myself. Um, But, you know, like put something on that's going to put your focus on Christ. Um, Or, you know, if you are in a quiet moment and you think, hey, this is a time to pray, 
say a prayer. It doesn't have to be something that's like the super long drawn out thing. But if you're just thinking about something, like you're looking at the sunset and it's so beautiful, you know, like thank God for that sunset. Um, You know, it could even be like a time where you have scriptures that come to mind and you recite them to yourself. Like that's something that I think has been prominent, um, like something that I want to work on. Um, definitely in this next year, but just in general, like, I don't think it has to be like a new year thing. Like I want right. this to be something I do in my life, um, yeah. all the time, um, is just memorizing scripture so that it can come to your mind in times when, um, well, in all times, honestly, because yeah. one of the best things you can do is pray scripture. So, um, I really want to, want to start doing that. Cause I think like in the times when I have memorized verses, when they have come to mind, it's such a beautiful encouragement to like turn your mind back to Christ, mm-hmm. um, no matter what is, you know, before you that, that day, um, or what's going on at the moment. So, um, I think there are a lot of ways to kind of bring prayer into your life, whether that's through like reciting scripture, reading it when you have a moment, turning on a worship song, like just turning your thoughts like to Jesus, thanking him for something, mm-hmm. asking him for help. Like there are so many ways that you can do that throughout your day, um, just on a regular basis. Yeah. And also when it comes back to like caring back from God too and feeling his presence with you. I think I said this in one of my Advent episodes, but I was talking to a friend and we were talking about hearing from God. And I was, he was like, I'm not really sure if I'm hearing from God because I feel like he might tell me to go do something or like I need to go somewhere. And I responded by just saying, sometimes what he's saying to you is as simple as just, I love you. Like, hey, I'm here. I'm taking care of everything in your life. I, mm-hmm. I've i got your family. I've got your friends. Like, I'm here. And I was just telling my friend that sometimes the things God says back to you are super basic, super foundational things that you really know. But sometimes you need to hear him say, I've sensed God say, I love you to me before. As crazy mm-hmm. and weird as that might sound, I think especially to some people, if they're newer in their faith, they're, they're maybe not Christians at all. But I have quite literally sensed God say things to me. Like I've never heard his voice audibly, but I've mm-hmm. sensed him say, I love you. I'm right here. Just super foundational things that I know are in the Bible. I've known my whole life because of being a Christian. But when you engage in prayer, those are things I only started to experience when I started engaging God in prayer. I didn't feel that way when I was just going about my day, kind of ignoring him and doing whatever I wanted. I only started to experience the blessings of prayer when I put work into engaging with him in dialogue. Mm -hmm. So it will, it kind of will take some part on you like to try to choose the worship song instead of the bad song or or the secular song, not necessarily bad, but to try to put on the podcast or to listen to to the Bible. Or it might take those kind of steps to start experiencing that relationship with God. But once you do, it starts really clicking. You really start to notice him. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I mean, I think too, it's like, um, cause I think when we, when we look at hearing from God, it's like, we know that he's only going to say things to us that are present in his word. And so yes. like, I love that, that thought of them being just these simple, like affirmations kind of, um, or encouragements or just things that are already present in his words. Like we've already read them before. Like we know God loves us because his word says that we know that he's with us because his word says that he'll never leave us or forsake us, you know, like just those small things. Cause I think like what your friend was saying, sometimes it can get so confusing. Like we hear people say all the time, like, well, you just have to listen for what God's saying yeah. to you. And it's like, okay, but I've never heard God say to me like, okay, go downstairs and go in the fridge and right. get a cheese stick. Like that's yeah. not like, you know, like I, I personally, I do not believe that we hear like 
things like that necessarily. I believe that we hear like what God has already told us in scripture. Mm -hmm. Like he reminds us of things. And like, I'm not saying that doesn't mean that you have, you don't have times where like the Holy Spirit does tell you to do something. But I think like in those times, it's always like just something you need to be careful of and discerning of because that can be taken and distorted very easily with people like, you know, with people giving prophetic words or like wanting to go and like heal someone. Like, is it a bad thing to go pray for someone for healing? No. Is it a bad thing to go up to somebody and promise them that they're going to be healed when you don't know that for 100%? I would say yes. So it's like, you have to be careful with that. But I also think like, it's such a beautiful thing when you really start engaging with scripture and engaging in prayer. And you're just like reminded of those things in prayer. You know, it's like the Holy Spirit just encouraging you through those things. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we could have a whole, I think, separate conversation about hearing from God also, but I love that you said it just everything's from the scripture already. So if you are worried about whether something you're hearing is from God or not, you can always measure it by the word of God. And if you're hearing something that is not or you're being susceptible to lies, if you're familiar with your Bible, this is why we always say, and it's so it's so foundational and it might sound like the church answer, but we always say, know your Bible because mm-hmm. how else are you supposed to know whether that's the voice of the Lord or if that's the voice of the world or your own just mind being right. ridiculous? You have to make sure you're measuring against the word of God. So be familiar with the Bible because no one can do that for you. You're the only one that's going to be able to go and open the word and actually study it. And the Holy Spirit will help you, but yeah. you have to be willing to crack it open. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, yeah. Anything that God tells you is always going to align with scripture. That's why I think like when people are like, I have a word for you, like you're going to see this and you're going to do this and da, 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 da. I feel like that is something that might not necessarily always be true. You know, like people can kind of take those things and like say what they think they're supposed to say to you. But to be honest, it's like, if you're hearing in your head, you know, like you have, you're out somewhere and you're like prompted to go tell someone the gospel. I would say that's 100% the Holy Spirit. Go tell the person the gospel because scripture tells us to preach the gospel. (laughs) But if you're hearing in your heart, you know, like, oh, this lady in the grocery store, I just wanted to tell her that like this is going to happen to her. And like, it's like, be very careful with things like that because you can very easily lead someone astray if you do that. Um, And it's very hard to tell if that is something from God or just something from your brain because- there's nothing to like put it against in scripture, mm-hmm. you know? So it's like, you have to be careful with that. That is a very complex subject and maybe we should do an episode. We on should, that. Honestly, yeah. I would love to get into that more, but um, just as like a vague overview, you know, always <clears throat> back it up to scripture, but God certainly does speak to us through his spirit. And that is one of the most beautiful things I think about having a relationship with God for sure. Yeah, that's what I like what you said about memorizing scripture because then it will just come to the forefront. It's always sticking in your mind, even if you don't have a physical Bible. I mean, even though you have your phone and that has the Bible on it, if you have it like really stuck in your heart and in Mm -hmm. your mind, it will come to the front of your memory. My husband was just remembering a verse the other day he memorized years ago and it just came to the front of his mind because sometimes that stuff is buried deep down, but the Holy Spirit will just pluck it out of your brain at the moment that you need it. Mm -hmm. So even if you've memorized something, you think it's not going to be useful in the moment. Trust me, maybe in a few years, the Holy Spirit's going to bring it back out. So that's why I like that you really mentioned scripture memorization yeah. as well. well. We see that in scripture, you know, like when Jesus was tempted in the desert, what did he say back to the devil? He used scripture. And when Paul and Silas were in prison, they sang Psalms, you know, and 
Um, I know it's happened for me, like in the times when I have taken the time to memorize scripture, which I wish I could say is more often, but it's really not. There was like one time I remember where I read a verse in the Psalms and I was like, I really want to memorize these verses because I feel like they are something that applies to my life like so often daily, you know? And so I did. Um, and it was that verse about like, I believe that I will see the goodness of the Lord in the mm-hmm. land of the living. So, you know, take heart that verse, which I really should review. Cause honestly, I don't remember every word of it at this moment, <laughs> but, um, and I remember like four weeks afterwards, like any time that I was just like going through something hard mentally, or I was just having a bad day, like that would come to my mind, you know, mm-hmm. that like, I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. So like, I'm going to see God's goodness in this life. And it just, you know, it meant so much to me. It really uplifted my spirit and made me look back to Christ, um, you know, in times when I was just not having the greatest day. Um, and that was just me memorizing like two verses, you know, and it like got me thinking like, what would happen if I memorized so many verses? Yeah. <laughs> like, what would happen if I memorized like, a chapter or something? Right. Like I would think about that stuff all the time and it would right. just come to mind and encourage me. So, so the next thing that we wanted to kind of talk about here and we touched on some of these facts briefly, but it was just the purpose of our prayers. Um, Because I think a lot of times we don't pray enough or we kind of avoid praying about something just because we have this little doubt in our mind that says like, what's the point? I know I've been there many times where I like think about praying about something and I almost just feel like this weird rebellion. Like I don't want to, like it's not going to do anything, which honestly is just my flesh coming to play, but there really is so much purpose in our prayers and in the way that we pray and in praying without ceasing and continuing to pray for the same things. Um, So the first one that I wanted to mention is just that praying is sanctifying. Prayer is sanctifying in our lives as we continue to pray, we continue to be sanctified. So like while prayer is something that we see being a powerful tool of faith throughout scripture, so there definitely is purpose for it in that way. It's also for us. You know, it's something for us as believers. It's a gift from God that we've been given. As we pray, God works through us to change our viewpoint, to change our desires sometimes, and to allow us to trust him as we turn to him for things. Like, for instance, have you ever prayed for something over a long period of time? And you realize that even if it never came to fruition, even if that prayer never got answered, your prayers changed your outlook on the situation or even just gave you peace, gave you comfort over the situation. I know I've experienced that where I'm praying for something for years, maybe. And sometimes I've never seen it happen. You know, I've never really seen what I was asking for come to fruition or change in any way, but still praying that prayer over and over again and bringing it to God allowed me to just give it to him. And it gave me so much peace knowing that like your will be done, God, even if this never happens, even if it never comes to fruition, then I know that that was your will. So that I think is the first one is just that prayer is sanctifying. Um, Did you have any thoughts on that? Yeah. Prayer changes us. I don't know, but I I started to notice a huge change in myself when I started really being serious about prayer. I was having a conversation with the other day with somebody about somebody else that I was like struggling with and having a hard time with in my relationship with this person. And I was kind of talking with them. And then I got to the point where I'm like, even if God doesn't change that person or their circumstances or what's going on in their life, God's changing me. He's Mm -hmm. using this situation to change me to be more like Christ. And I know that's not always the answer that I want. Because it's not like, oh, I don't want God to transform me. But sometimes I really do want him to answer that with a yes or bring to fruition the thing that I've 
I've prayed so hard for that thing to happen. Mm-hmm. But sometimes it's really that he's changing you and that can be really hard, but that sometimes can be one of the big purposes of prayer that as you engage God more, you become more like Christ and you start to reflect him more to the people around you, which can then have ripple effects for sure for other people around you. But sometimes you have, I think we have to remember that we can pray mightily, we can pray boldly for the people around us and for our country and for our world and for great things to happen, but God still does intend to meet you as an individual in your relationship. Like right there at the point of you praying, he's meeting you, you Mm -hmm. as an individual, you as his creative being that he cares so much about. And he is still absolutely concerned with the goings on of this world. But in that moment, it's you and him. Mm-hmm. And so if there's nothing like what's if there's nothing else that's going to change you, it's engaging with the creator of the universe on a daily basis. Right. I don't think I don't know a lot of people that would walk away unchanged from it. I don't know if that's because maybe they weren't listening or maybe what I don't know if what they were praying for wasn't quite the right thing or God wanted to answer in another way. But for me, when I've seriously engaged God, I've never walked away the same. I've never walked away just as awful as before it's he has given me peace or he's changed my outlook or he's he's changed something about me that Mm -hmm. makes my circumstances or seeing other people's circumstances or my relationships easier to bear he bears that burden with me and he he transforms me into being more like his his son the image of his son christ yeah and i think that kind of brings us to the next point it's just that praying keeps us close to our heavenly father Um, And I mean, as we are close to him, it also allows us to be sanctified. You know, that's like he's the reason that we are is the Holy Spirit is Christ in us. Um, And when we pray, it it kind of forces us to turn to the Lord, um, even in times when we may not want to or we may think, what's the point or, you know, what have you. Also, when we pray, we enter into the presence of the Lord, which I think is something that we often forget. We kind of forget that like when we're talking to God, like we're in his presence, you know, and it's not that he isn't always with us. Like, of course he is, but I think like we're actively entering into his presence and like remembering that he's always with us. And that honestly gives us peace. It gives us comfort and it allows us to know him in a more intimate way. The more that we do that, um, it kind of makes me think of like, for instance, in the old Testament, the Holy of Holies was what was needed, like entering into that as the high priest and only high priest, by the way, that was what was needed to enter into God's presence, to commune with him, to talk with him. And now we have this huge blessing, thanks to Jesus' sacrifice on the cross, that we can enter into his presence by simply crying out to him, by simply praying. Um, that is a huge blessing, a huge gift, um, and something that people didn't experience you know, at that time. Um, it's not like they couldn't pray, but it was, it was just a different relationship with God in the new covenant. Um, So that's something that I am hugely thankful for. And I think we need to remember, you know, that that's a big deal. (laughs) Like praying keeps us close to our Heavenly Father. And that's a huge blessing. That's a huge gift. I think we sometimes take it for granted. I Mm -hmm. kind of do. I think I forget about it sometimes. What you were saying was reminding me so much of that verse at the end of Hebrews 4, where the author of Hebrews says, For we do not have a great high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are yet without sin. Let us then with Mm -hmm. confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace for the help in time of need. And that kind of reminds me when we pray, we're approaching God at his throne. Like we're almost, it's almost like we're, we're entering his throne. We're going into his space. This is his area and we're 
approaching with fear and trembling, but also with confidence. We don't have to be afraid that he's going to strike us down the way we most would be with earthly rulers. Mm -hmm. If you were to enter the president's White House, like his Oval Office, or if you were coming to the king's palace, like his throne room, that's Mm -hmm. his glory. That's his that's his space not yours and so as much as as much as we could have that image in our mind the fact that we can approach god with yes fear but we don't have to be afraid in the sense that he's he's not going to help us the author of hebrews is saying like we're going to find mercy we're going to find grace and so we enter into that space we draw close to heavenly father through the work that jesus did as much as we can tend to take advantage of the way that Jesus is in God's presence has become accessible to us. When we do, it's it completely changes us and it brings us close to God in a way that I don't think you can get through a lot of other things. Like I think you can get that through definitely like musical worship worship and stuff like that. But there's something also about prayer. You're entering into God's space. This is his turf and mm-hmm. he's welcome you into it, not as a stranger, but as his child. Yeah. Come to me, help like I'm gonna help you. Come ask for the help. Right. Yeah. And I think like as we kind of understand that and we understand that entering into his presence as we pray keeps us closer to him. It's also important to note that it keeps us, it keeps our focus on heavenly things in the midst of hardships, Um, which honestly being eternally minded, I think we've talked about this before, but it's something that puts the worst things on this earth into perspective. Um, When we pray, we turn our mind to eternity and we turn our mind to heavenly things, to God himself and to his sovereignty. And we entrust him with our requests in that. And I think that kind of puts a lot of things into perspective. You know, we remember that this earth is passing away, that anything horrible that we would experience here is only temporary and that there is an eternity to come full of peace and full of his presence. And that's such a comforting thing. And I think one more thing to remember with that is just that prayer is a form of worship. Um, And so it should be used to praise God as well as to petition for things. Um, So as we thank God for for his trustworthiness, for his faithfulness, and for the gift of the gospel, we're reminded that he's in control of our lives. Um, And again, that's, you know, one of the biggest comforts that we can know as we focus on eternity is just knowing that God is sovereign, but he's also loving and he's also trustworthy. And so he's in control of our lives. His will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Just like it said in Lord's prayer, that's a very comforting statement. You know, when we truly know who God is and we pray to him as such. Yeah. It reminds us we're, we're in a situation where we're not the biggest end. Like there's much more to everything that's going on than just ourselves. I think that when we pray about Jesus's kingdom coming on heaven or on earth as it is in heaven, it reminds us that what we're going through is not everything. Like Mm -hmm. what we're doing in our lives is contributing to something so much bigger, which is a huge comfort to me that I'm not the end of all this. But it's not all about me because that's just so much pressure and so much burden that we weren't really meant to carry. But we put that on ourselves, this obligation to make ourselves happy and to have this filled perfect life that everyone shows on social media, but really that it keeps our minds on heavenly things. But I think it also makes us very aware of the spiritual reality that we live in, that we live in a broken world and that we're going to experience things that are not great and there are going to be spiritual attacks. And Mm -hmm. that we're in a war. The Bible talks about this a lot and it's 
spiritual warfare is like its whole own topic, but prayer is like one of the most powerful weapons in our spiritual arsenal in this battle. Prayer yeah. can be a huge way to shield ourselves against that, to just surround ourselves with the presence of God that nothing can penetrate. No spiritual forces can do that. Paul tells us that. We, we are, he's convinced. He said that nothing can separate us from the love of God, whether that's spiritual or earthly. But prayer, I think, keeps us aware that what we're going through on an earthly and circumstantial basis is not all there is. There's yeah. there's a war out there. There is a lot of craziness going on out there. So we have to be ready before we step out the door, before our feet even hit the ground every morning. There's real and spiritual danger that's out there and it's attacking people in our lives and it's attacking us. So mm-hmm. when we don't engage with God or when we we choose to ignore our spiritual reality, I feel like that's when we really suffer in our earthly, like it shows in our earthly co- uh, consequences. So when we yeah. choose to ignore our spiritual reality that we're in a battle, it's very apparent in the way that mm-hmm. our lives are going. And not to say that if you're having struggle in your life, that that means you're not a good Christian or not praying up. That's not what I'm trying to say. But a lot of times it will be apparent in your life if you are ignoring God because your life is going to show the fruits of that. And so you're going to struggle. You're going to struggle when you're not connected with God and when you're not putting your mind on heavenly things and when you're not drawing near to him in prayer and asking him for help. So that's just something we really encourage you to do. It's something I'm still really learning. It's not me coming to you as an expert. But it's just us kind of saying, this is the blessing we've experienced from God. We really want you to experience that too. So don't ignore him. He's right there. He's so accessible to you. Mm-hmm. Don't don't be less free than you could be in Jesus. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And it's definitely a way, I think praying is a way to gain strength, you know, like in a battle, for instance, like you were talking about. You're not going to be able to fight very well if you're weak. <laughs> and not for long either. Yeah, not for long. And I think coming back to the source of our strength and the source of truth um, allows us to gain strength and allows us to fight on behalf of ourselves, honestly, but also others who might not have the strength to fight anymore and, you know, pick up our brothers and sisters in Christ and help them as they're struggling and combat doubts in our minds. Like there are just endless reasons why coming back to the source of all truth and communing with God is so, so important in not just in general, but in our daily lives, like as something that we need to do every day. Um, so I certainly can work on that as well. I know that like 100% I can work on that. I'm someone who gets very easily caught up in the busyness of life and just wants to like move on to the next thing, like no matter what that is. And I have trouble just like sitting down and being still. That's definitely something we can all work on, I think. But maybe in this new year as we kind of move forward and it is a time to reflect on the past and think about things we want to change for the future, maybe make that one of them, you know, something that you just want to continue to work on is praying more. And, you know, that means setting up reminders, like little sticky notes in your car and (laughs) things like that, like do that, you know, like, um, it's definitely not going to hurt anything. It's definitely going to help, if anything. So definitely encourage you to do that. I think that is all that we have for this topic at the moment. But um, I really enjoyed this conversation. I hope that you did too. Um, I love that this kind of also brought up some other topics that we could talk about soon. So I hope that you enjoyed the Advent series. If you haven't had a chance to listen to that, definitely go back and listen to it. It was really, really good. And we're going to continue with this into the next year. And we have some new topics that we want to discuss. So we're really excited about that. Also, if you haven't, follow us on Instagram. You can find us at Cedar and Cypress Pod. And we will see you next time.